hand. That'd be me. But God is good. Days of Elijah. We are in the days of Elijah. Amen. Would you guys, if you can, or are able, and if you have babies in your hands, it's understandable. Would you please stand with me? Let's praise and worship. And if you feel like you want to put your hands together, let's go for it, all right? Christ, amen. These are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones become salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's give God another clap of praise. Amen. You may be seated.
Eddie liked it so much he wanted us to sing it again. Well, what a blessing. I tell you what, in about 11 years, it's going to continue being a big youth group. Amen? We've got a, a two front rows full of babies and parents this morning, and I'm going to do a, a backwards church service today. What that means is the majority of my message is going to be up front. And so I want to do that, providing the biblical rationale for dedicating children to the Lord. And then the good news is, once this gets out of the way, I only have one page of notes at the end. So we're going to go ahead and get two pages out up front. And my title, I want you to direct your attention to the insert in the bulletin. If you will pull that out. In the interest of uh, time, and because we've got many babies on the front row, I'm going to run right through this insert in the bulletin. And uh, I'm, I'm, I've already printed the scripture there for you, and so I'm not going to ask you to turn to it. We'll have a chance to turn to our scripture at the end of service. But here's what I want us to understand through children, is that we see through the Bible God's desire for stewardship. And basically, a parent is someone who's the steward of a child. A parent is the steward of a person. We see in the Old Testament, point number one, that God desires that the offspring be sanctified. That all offspring be sanctified. Correct this if you want to in your notes. That should be Exodus 13.1, not Ephesians. That was my fault. Here's what the Lord said to Moses. He said, consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first of every offspring of womb among the Israelites belong to me, whether man or animal. The regular pattern that God installed in the Old Testament was that the first of everything belonged to him. If you had a son, you may be proud of that son. You're a, pow- a proud papa, a daddy, and you've got your first son. But here's what God says. God says, even though you're that proud, that son belongs to me. And the reason was because that was a time frame where they had 17, 18, 19 children. And when you consecrated the first son to God, God said, I'm gonna, if you give me the first son, I'm going to make sure that the rest of them are holy as well. When you bring the first to God, he sanctifies the rest of it. Amen? He installed that pattern. The word in the Bible there for consecrate is also translated sanctify. Sanctify has two possible meanings. It can mean become holy or it can mean become defiled. The word means set apart. So God specifically says set apart to me. Consecrate to me. That means declare holy unto God. Everything in our life, whether it be our our business, our jobs, our children, our finances can either be sanctified to God or to the world. The reason we're here today with these babies is to say, Devil, we claim that you have no victory over our children. We're giving our children to the Lord today. That's why we dedicate them to God. It was the understanding in the Old Testament that when you set apart to God the first fruits of any harvest, the rest of the harvest would be sanctified too. So when you sanctified the firstborn to God... All your offspring would be sanctified. Now I know some of your parents are here today and the child that you have is not necessarily your firstborn and not necessarily a male. So why are we doing this? We're going to get to that. What we see in Leviticus chapter 27 is that God established the pattern that he only asked for the first fruits of the harvest. He asked for the 10% to be brought to the temple in the Old Testament. The reason he did this 
is that once we see that God says, listen, if you'll give me ten, I'll make everything else holy. That's the pattern that he instituted in the Old Testament. You know what? I think God is pretty generous since he owns everything. And in, in, in the Old Testament, he only asked for 10%. If you were a Muslim, they're asking you for 30%. So I think God's a pretty generous God. He said, I'm going to give you 90 and I'm going to sanctify it to be used for my purposes. But the reason that God asked for the first fruits is not because God was greedy, but because he wanted everything you have, everything you have to be sanctified. God wants your children to be sanctified. He wants your business to be sanctified. He wants your finances to be sanctified. And if we dedicate the first fruits to God, he sanctifies the rest. That was his promise. Secondly, in the Old Testament, God desires that priests and kings be anointed. Today I have with me a bottle of spikenard. Spikenard was one of the fragrances used to anoint kings and priests. I'm going to anoint the babies this morning on their forehead. They'll smell good for the rest of the day. When, when you smell something on the other end, go to the top end. <laughs> It'll give you a little refreshment. Here's what Exodus 40 said. It said, bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Then dress Aaron with the sacred garments. One of the sacred garments in the Old Testament was the prayer shawl. The prayer shawl was what Jesus referred to when he told the Jewish men to get in your prayer closet. The prayer closet represented the covering and the anointing of the Spirit. So the priest would put on the sacred garments representing the anointing of God and then the priest would be anointed. Now it says later that the oil ran from Aaron's beard. And I saw brother Matt come in. Where's Matt? There he is. I figured I was going to have to bring more oil. Matter of fact, you got the goatee today, so I can save some. But in the Old Testament, the priests and the priest's sons were anointed. It says, verse 14, Bring his sons and dress them in tunics. Anoint them too, just as you anointed their father, so they may serve me as priests. Their anointing will be to a priesthood that will continue for all generations to come. That means that some of us here today are part of the priesthood that started with Aaron. If you are under the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are part of the priesthood that started with Aaron. The priest had the most important job in the Old Testament. They worked in different rotating shifts at the temple, constantly offering praise to God and taking care of God's temple. Their life was spent being holy and set apart. They were a sanctified people. The reason they were anointed with oil is the oil represented that they were set apart unto God. The oil represented that there was anointing on their life to be used for a special purpose. Priests were stewards. They were the example of stewardship. What were they stewards of? They were stewards of God's best things. The priest was a steward of his word. The priest was a steward of his people. The priest was a steward of God's temple. And the priest was a steward of God's time. They wanted to make sure that God's presence at the temple was continually spent in worship and sacrifice and adoration. Well, maybe you say, man, it sounds like the priests had a lot of responsibility. I bet that was indeed a hard job. And you're exactly right. They had a lot of responsibility. Now, here's the hard part. God asks today in the New Testament that fathers hold the same job as the priests. That's a lot of responsibility. But let me tell you, Dad, when you see this, it will unlock God's blessings in your life. Point number three is this. God desires fathers 
to be the priest of the home. I want to turn your attention to Ephesians 5.22. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives must submit to their own husbands in everything. I heard of a local church in town where a member visited, and that church there had a lunch after the service. This man went to the table to go fix his place at this church lunch, and the pastor came up to this man and said, Sir, what are you doing? The man said, I'm fixing my plate. He said, No, sir. You be seated. Let your wife fix the plate for you. This happened in town. And he said, well, brother, I don't really agree with that. I'm going to fix my own plate. (laughs) Let me tell you something. The position of spiritual leader, as referred to in Ephesians chapter 5, is not a place of pride. It's a place of humility. For God to say that a husband needs to occupy the same position of leadership as Christ is the most humbling thing I could imagine. The command in Scripture is not that a wife should fix a plate, but that a dad should get on a cross and set the example of sacrificial leadership. The call for dad to be the head as Christ was the head is the call for dad to sow his family what a true servant is supposed to be, just like Christ did. You see, the regular and repeating command in Scripture for teaching children is given to the Father. Now, Dad, that sounds like a lot of pressure today. But let me assure you that with God's grace, it will be sufficient to allow dads to lead properly. Ephesians 6, 4 tells us, Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. God desires dads to be priests of the home. And lastly, 1 Peter 2, 9 says this, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. First, uh, point number four is this. God desires all Christians to be a priest of his word. God desires you to be set apart, sanctified, and holy just like he did Aaron and Aaron's sons in the priests of the temple. Why is that? Because God's presence no longer dwells in a sanctuary, but God's presence dwells in every life of a believer who's given their life to him through the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. God desires you to be a priest of the word, just like Aaron was. If under the law, first things belong to God, let me ask you the question, what belongs to God under grace? The answer is everything. Everything belongs to God. This is why today we don't just dedicate the firstborn and not just a male, but we dedicate all of our newborns unto God because, praise God, under grace, it all belongs to God. The new command is that Christians are invited into the priesthood as stewards of God's grace and His Word. Today we anoint the father as priest of the home, and we anoint the child or the children as future priests of the gospel. Dad, I'm going to anoint you as priest of your own home. I'm going to anoint your son or daughter as a future priest of the gospel. You say, why aren't you going to anoint the mamas so I don't mess up their makeup? Because <laughs> we're going to pray and have a picture time. And mamas are going to be pretty. Dad, you're probably going to be teared up and crying anyway, so it's okay. The way to properly dedicate a child is by properly dedicating the parent. In reality, what we're doing today is not a baby dedication. We're doing a parent dedication. To say as parents, you're committing to training your child up in the way of the Lord. I'm going to ask from my left to my right... 
that the couples come up with their child. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the couples to tell me the first middle names of their babies because some of them are like 18 syllables long. And I can't remember everything. As they come, I'm going to drape the dad in the prayer garment that represents the covering that God has given him responsibility in his home. I'm going to anoint the son or daughter and the father representing God's desire for dads to be stewards in the house and us all to be stewards of God's word. Ms. Janice is going to play while this happens. Feel free to take pictures, friends and family during any point. Mr. Kevin, would you guys begin? This is uh, Kevin and Michelle Fry. Tell us your baby's name. Madison Ada. Can we thank God for Madison today? Tell us the names of your children. This is Jeremy and Melinda and their newborns. This is Gracie Ann and Chloe Sue. We thank God for Gracie and Chloe. Amen.
This is Matt and Casey. Tell us your baby's name. Brayden Matthew. We thank God for Brayden. This is Chase and Jessica. Tell us your baby's name. Uh, this is Braxton Lee Faith Parker. Braxton Lee Faith Parker. Can we thank God for her? Amen. This is Marvin and Tanya. Tell us your precious young lady's name. Brianna Teagan. Can we thank God for Brianna? This is Matt and Ashley Honeycutt. Tell us your young lady's name. Allison Page. We thank God for Allison. Amen.
Well, they probably don't need an introduction, but this is Jesse and Tyler Watkins. And your baby's name is? This is Roman McLean Watkins. Amen. Can we thank God for all our babies? Let me try, if we can, to get all the parents to squeeze on stage. And we'll see if we can get one big picture. Will that be okay? Everyone squeeze on stage somehow. Let's scoot over. Marvin, will y'all scoot over to that way? We'll fit everybody on here. Wow, that must have been set for Matt. <laughs> well, if that didn't warm your heart, your wood's wet, amen? Children are precious. Uh, they are a gift from God. I, uh, I, know, I know that these families are tickled. Uh, the babies were so well behaved that nobody cried. I'm just I'm kind of in shock. Would you please stand for me and let's sing hymn 514 when we all get to heaven.
Praise the Lord. This is the three weeks away from the last time we'll have one service together. March 17th, as it says in your bulletins, the worship team from Liberty University will be here leading worship for all of us. And that day, the choir will get a break, the musicians will get a break, Dave will get a break, and we can just enjoy worshiping. And there's probably going to be a lot of people here because a lot of people know about Liberty University, and a lot of people will will probably come to see them. So that's exciting. That's coming up. Uh, The youth are going on their snow tubing trip next weekend. Be praying for them and their safety and their fellowship, that it would be a blessed time. We've got Wednesday night supper this week. Uh, the menu is listed there. Please sign up for that and many, many announcements that are listed there. Main important things are the Easter egg hunt coming up Saturday, March 23rd, 11 a.m. to 1. We are looking for donations from everyone of plastic eggs, individually wrapped candy, and snack cakes for us to use at the Easter egg hunt. Most of you know that our official launch of two services is Easter, March 31st. And here's what we're calling March 24th. We will be in two services March 24th. We're calling that our preview Sunday. So that if you're a a, a fan of the traditional worship, you come to the 830. We'll have traditional worship at 830 on March 24th. If you are a fan of the, the modern worship or contemporary, you come at 1045. So what we're calling our preview to see what that's going to look like. Uh, our worship team had their first practice of instrumentalists this past Friday. They're excited about the 1045 service. So let me ask you this. If you're a f- fan of traditional worship, what time will you be here March 24th? 8.30. If you're a traditional worshiper, be here at 8.30. If you are a fan of the contemporary worship, what time will you be here March 24th? 10.45. All right, write that down. 8.30 or 10.45. Choose one. If you split it in the middle, we'll find Sunday school. Okay, so choose one. Come to that. You will also see our dedicated entrance and exit signs on Roberta Road today. We're using Alliance as a dedicated entrance and Roberta as a dedicated exit. Uh, we're going to take up our tithe and offering today. Our black pot goes to our building fund, and our regular tithe and offering will be coming right after that. Let me ask you a question. If you're a first-time worshiper today, would you raise your hand? Any first-time guests or worshipers? Amen, brother. We welcome you here today. Anyone else? All right. Do this. Look in the pew in front of you and find that burgundy welcome packet in there. There's a guest information card. Fill that guest information card and uh, place it in the offering plate, which will be around in about two minutes. I'm going to ask Brother Robert Mayfield to come and pray today. I like putting people on the spot. So today our youth pastor is going to come pray for us. And then we'll take up our tithe and offering and continue to worship. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly and Gracious Father, God, we thank you for all that you do. Lord, thank you for this day that you have blessed us with, God. Thank you for the uh, baby dedication, Lord. Now we just lift up the prayer of giving, God, that we can give sacrificially, Lord. You call us to be sacrificial givers, God, and let us give all to you. To your name be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Don't be seated yet. I wanted to let you know that you need to turn to the person next to you and greet them with a smile and a handshake and say, you are nothing without Christ. Amen? Say hello to one another, please.
All right. The young children, after that wonderful job, can be dismissed to Children's Church. Today, I believe Miss Mona is the Children's Church leader. So everyone follow Miss Mona to the back. Have a wonderful time today. Oh, I'm out of breath singing with the kids. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, this morning was a special Sunday for me uh, for many reasons, but um, this song is, is dear and special to my heart because it speaks to me as a mother um, in a powerful way to express the love that I have for my children. Um, I can remember growing up and my daddy telling me that, that he loved me more than anything this side of heaven. And we can't even begin to comprehend um, the love that, that Christ has for, for us as his children um, with the love that we have for our own. But um, just please listen to the words of this song and, and think about the love that you have for your children, um, if you have any. And then most of all, think about the love that God has for you. Your baby blues So full of wonder Your curly cues Your contagious smile And as I watch You start to grow up All I can do Is hold you tight You are never all alone 
Well, I know it's uh, 11 o'clock, and basically this is my conclusion. And you know what happened in the book of Romans when Apostle Paul said, in conclusion, he wrote three more chapters, but that won't happen today. I do want you to open up the scripture today to Luke chapter 2. Before baby dedication, we looked at God's desire for stewardship. And here in the Gospel of Luke, I want to look at this briefly as we conclude today's service, which I've been blessed already. Basically, what I want us to know in Luke chapter 2 is that God dedicated His child. God dedicated His child. Let's look at the Scripture, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 21. It says this, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. You ever wondered in the Christmas celebration why you always hear in the song, two turtle doves? It represents the sacrifice to God that was done at the dedication at the temple when baby Jesus was dedicated. Whenever they took the baby to the temple, they would offer an offering of praise to God, praising Him for the gift of that child. My conclusion sermon today has one point, and it is this. We give God our children because God gave us His Son. We give God our children because He gave us His. I'm reminded of Psalm 127, which says children are an inheritance from the Lord. Children are an inheritance from the Lord. That means if God has given you uh, children... It's come from Him. It's a blessing from Him. You better bless Him back and recognize that He's been good to you. Also reminded of Ephesians chapter 1 that says, In Christ we have received our inheritance from the Lord. What that means is the inheritance we are given is because Jesus purchased it for us. If it wasn't for the sacrifice of Jesus, we couldn't receive the inheritance from the Lord. We received the gift of children because gave us, God gave the gift of His child to secure all of our future blessings. It is because of the good gift of Christ that we have the good gift of children. The thing about Jesus Christ, though, was that He was not only dedicated, He was also sacrificed. He wasn't just a baby that took, was taken to the temple. He was also sacrificed to God. Now, normally... <laughs> Matter of fact, 100% of the time, when you took a baby to the temple, that baby didn't die. But a lamb died at the temple. You see, Jesus was dedicated at the temple, but then he was sacrificed on a cross. God gave his son to be sacrificed. Matter of fact, on Friday, I was working in my yard, and uh, a nice car pulled up. man stepped out in a nice hat and a nice suit, about 60 years old started talking to me, and I said, well, either he's a rainbow vacuum salesman, either he's a Mormon, or either he's a Jehovah's Witness. One of those three options are correct. And it turns to find out he was a Jehovah's Witness. And so, uh, matter of fact, tonight for our 6 o'clock meeting, I'm going to be talking about the doctrine of Christ alone 
and be sharing my whole conversation with this Jehovah's Witness. And I played dumb for about 15 minutes. I didn't tell him I was a Baptist preacher. He gave me his information and I said, I read it and I said, well, what does it take for a guy like me to be approved by God? He says, well, you have to walk in the statutes of God's law. You have to be approved through your deeds of righteousness and on and on and on. And then after he had basically invested a good portion of his time so he didn't want to get up and leave, I said, well, let me ask you this question. Is Jesus God? And he said, no. I said, well, therein lies your problem. Because if Jesus is not God, then his sacrifice was not perfect. And so I was able to share with him for 15 more minutes about what the true gospel is. The gospel is good news. Amen. <laughs> if you ever wanted to witness to a Jehovah's Witness, come tonight. And I'm going to go through uh, three, three points that you can give a Jehovah's Witness to really just open their eyes to what the gospel really is. So, Jesus was given to us by God in the fact that he secured our salvation. If I have to earn it, then it means that Jesus didn't earn it. And it means that he died in vain. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to sacrifice my only son in vain. He was given so you could know that you're going to heaven because you can know that his blood was holy and righteous. And through faith in him, salvation has been secured. 1 Corinthians 15.20 says this, But Christ has indeed, indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. As I mentioned, the baby in the Old Testament was dedicated, but a lamb was sacrificed. Jesus was given as a lamb so that the harvest could be sanctified to him. Now, if you lived in the Old Testament as a Jew, and you went out and you worked in your field all day, you would gather the first 10% of that crop, and you would take that to the temple. Now, imagine your family had just worked in the field, and you had got the first 10%, and you were hungry. You wanted some bread, maybe some pita bread or something like that. I gathered all that wheat. I wanted to make something. But no, you would take it to the temple. That was your sacrificial offering. But you gave that in faith, knowing that God would sanctify the rest of the harvest. The pattern of giving that was established in the Old Testament, culminating in the giving of Jesus Christ on the cross, because He becomes the first fruits of a sanctified harvest. God tithed Jesus. God sacrificed Jesus so that the rest of the harvest would be sacrificed, or I'm sorry, sanctified also. Jesus had to be given in order for you to be received. Here's what I want you to see today. That stewardship is not, a, stewardship is not about what we give. It's about what God already gave. Stewardship is about Jesus on the cross. That was the perfect gift that says God loves us and wants a relationship with you. Once you see that God gave Christ in order for you to receive an eternal inheritance, we will understand that every good gift comes from the Lord. We give our children today to God because God gave His Son for us. We give our time yesterday in the snow, raking and shoveling mulch. That's why I'm a little bit hoarse today. Because it was snowing out here and we had men from the church shoveling out mulch, breathing that cold air. We give our time to God because God gave His Son for us. 
We give our worship on Sunday morning because God gave His Son. I'm in reality preaching to the choir. I've always wanted to do that. We give our worship. We give our offerings to the Lord because God gave His Son for us. If you wake up in the morning and you spend time in the Word of God, what you're doing is you're giving your first fruits to God so that God will sanctify that day. I don't know about you, but on the days you get up and you spend time in the Word, the rest of your day seems like it runs a little bit smoother. Why? You gave God the first fruits of your time and He sanctified the rest of the day. Yesterday we come and work for four hours. I got home, I was pretty whooped, took me a two-hour nap. But then the rest of the day, man, I got a lot accomplished. I got a lot of studying done. I got a lot of things done around the house. Spent time with family. It didn't seem like I'd spent half of my day. Matter of fact, it seemed like God made the rest of my time that much sweeter. We give the first fruits of our devotion in prayer because God gave His Son. And lastly, we give ourselves as Christians as a vessel to be used for God's glory because God gave His Son for us. Everything that we do, stewardship is about the proper recognition of God's gift. And when I see that he gave everything for me, then everything I have becomes an opportunity to glorify him. I want to thank the parents that came today and brought their children. And here is our covenant at Friendship, is to partner with families in raising disciples to fulfill the Great Commission. We're here so that dads are equipped to be spiritual leaders in their own homes. We're here so that families can not only dedicate their child, but can raise them up in godly leadership. I want to ask you this. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ because you've never seen that God gave His Son for you. I want to ask you at the time of invitation that you have a chance to respond, that you walk down this aisle and say, Pastor, I'm ready to give my life to Christ because I see that God gave His Son for me. Maybe if you're looking for a church home, let me tell you this. We only have a few more Sundays before members can join in front of everyone. So what I want you to do, if you've been praying about a church home, come find it today. A church where we minister to babies all the way to senior adults. We care for everybody and want everyone to be ministered to. And lastly, if you've accepted Christ but never followed in baptism, will you come today and say, Pastor, I would like to be baptized Those are the three options today. I pray that God does whatever he has to do on your heart. As Pastor Dave comes, our musician comes, can we stand in a time of prayer? Father God, we give you glory in this place for your word, for the precious inheritance that we've seen of your blessings that come through babies. God, we pray especially over all these families today that you will lead them, guide them, direct them, and bless them to raise up their children in the training and admonition of the Lord. We make a covenant together to rally around them in prayer, encouragement, and support to give them godly uh, community system that will help them do that. Lord, we know that if a village raises someone, it takes a whole church to raise up a godly child. And we make the commitment to do that today. God, I pray that whatever you're working on somebody's heart, whether they're ready to step into a relationship with you today, whether they're looking for a church home, that God, you would have all the glory and the increase. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.